Hey, this is Master Daniel with Pandas Karate, and today you're listening to the PK Talk podcast, where I have special guest Jen Spatz Martin with Kid Up and Go. Ready? One, two, three. And not enough people are talking about it. We all can make a difference. It starts right here. Hi, Daniel. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much, Jen, for uh, being on the show. Um, I've known Jen for a while, actually, now. Um, I, I've actually followed you on your social media, and I think that's even how we connected. Um, you did a uh, nice piece about me and my wife, actually, um, on your blog site. Um, can you actually give my, the audience a little bio about yourself, just so that they kind of can feel out who you are? Oh, sure. Um, as Daniel said, I'm Jen. and I'll keep it like casual. It's Jen with Kid Up and Go. And I, you know, what the first question I ask people is, where do you look to find things for your kids? I mean, I know that you've got um, your wife's kid that you guys are a tight knit family, but when you search for things out there, where are you going? That's the first question I ask. Like, where do you go to find events? Usually Google, I guess, or uh, I'll pick up like the local family event magazine. <laughs> Exactly. So there's not like a one-stop shop that you can think of. It's you ask your friends on Facebook, you're looking at Google searches, you are looking at the the local guides, which we have a lot of great guides here in the DC area. So um, so that's why I started Kid Up and Go. I started Kid Up and Go this February, the end of February, it'll be four years. It's um, not just a blog, it's actually like a GPS for parents where you can find things to do, including camps, and, and it covers the DC metro area. You can find pediatric medical professionals, including OT and PT and um, any of those specialized doctors just for peds. And then there's also the community aspect with resources where they can find different parent groups and blogs that are in their area or neighborhood. Um, And then there is obviously the blog component where we met on and I came on and looked at your fabulous facility, learned more about you guys and what you were doing to help the community. So that's what I try to do. I try to be a one-stop shop for parents, for grandparents, for nannies, for anyone that has like visitors coming in town that want to figure out what to do and where to go. Yeah, I really love how you even go to these uh, places and you, um, you know, I can I can see and feel the the environments that you're you're in and they're always super unique. Like I remember one that stood out for me was um, this this jack-o'-lantern light show, I think called Glow. And I was well, like, that is so cool. I got to go take my family there. And I went and it was like the best time ever. And I'm like, I would have never known un- unless you went. So it was great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. And I try to make sure when I cover it, it's not, you know, because a lot of people out there, they'll they'll work with these different brands and partners and they want to, you know, obviously put their best foot forward. And I do that, but I also try to give tips and be honest about things I like or didn't like, or, Hey, like this is what you do. You can save money when you go to that expensive show, um, at the, uh, at the Verizon, well, it's not Verizon Center, but Capital One Arena. So I try to, you know, give, give, like I'm talking to my friends, like, here's what I think, here's what I think you'll like, here's what I didn't like, here's some tips to think about when you're preparing to go. So thank you. I'm glad that you liked that and took it, took and uh, checked it out. Yes, definitely. Now, you're a mom as well, correct? I am. I am a mom of three. I have twins that are 12, boy-girl twins, and then I have an eight-year-old. 
So I have been in the parenting world for 12 years, a little wow. over 12 years. Yeah. Wow, that's so nice, though. I saw recently, um, and this is why also I wanted you on the show. And you know, my parent, my my audience is really going to be interested in this. Um, our show is mainly a, about anti-bullying. We try to give tips and 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 strategies to parents, and also just talk about general stories that parents can kind of learn from our experiences. And you had shared on Instagram um, that your daughter had dealt with actually cyberbullying. Um, I'd like to know more about that story, um, if possible. Yeah, no. So, um, well, first, let me say that I held off getting my tweens a phone as long as I could. They started middle school this year. Um, where we are in middle school is just seventh and eighth grade. So I really held off, especially because of the whole social media aspect that's caused me a lot of anxiety. So um, yes. <laughs> my eight-year-old does not have a phone. Um, she was just given an iPad by my mother-in-law for Christmas with, with my okay. Um, but even that's still in a box. So, uh, as you can see, I'm not, a, <laughs> so with the kids, it was definitely important once they got a phone, when it was me, um, that they'd gone into school, the one teacher was like, Hey, pull out your mobile devices. There's this app I want to put on there. And my tween daughter was mortified. She was the only kid that apparently the only kid that didn't have a phone, which I do believe because I do see a lot of kids at various ages that have um, technology nowadays. So I just wanted to give that background that this was um, something that I had been really dreading because yes. of all of the different apps that are out there. And just knowing from my own experience, when I was a kid growing up, I dealt with some bullying. I grew up at on the end of the main line in Pennsylvania. Um, my parents were blue collar workers, but a lot of my friends were, their, their parents were very affluent, judges, doctors, lawyers, whatever. Um, so we were considered like the poor family and, um, I didn't live in a desirable neighborhood and I was teased about it, especially in middle school. So, mm. um, so it brought back a lot of memories for me, but so, and thank goodness phones and social media were not available back then so that kids could actually just be kids and just deal yeah. with it one-on-one like, -on -one instead of like spreading like wildfire on their different Snapchats and all their different social media apps. Um, so I am grateful for that, but. So one of the things that we did when we got the phone is we put parameters. There's a lot of different apps out there. We um, did the Verizon family plan so I could monitor um, who was who was able to contact her and vice versa. They, they limit it where there's 20. And this is, I'm, this is not sponsored by Verizon. I'm just mentioning what I use. Yes. Um, <laughs> 20, it's, you're allowed to, the, the phone can have up to 20 numbers. The parent has to be the one that is okay, like put them on there. And if the number is not in their contact database by the parent, then the user that's trying to call them or text them cannot get through and vice versa. They can't call somebody that's not on their approved list by the parent. So oh, wow. I really, yeah, I really like that aspect. I can see on Verizon family, like if they've, you know, where they are, if they're checking back in at home, cause you can put the home base on there. And I can also limit screen time and especially for different apps. Unfortunately, there are friends out there that while you may not want certain apps on your phone and you can, there are definitely the, the phones themselves have a lot of different security measures that parents can go on and put in place. Uh, for instance, yes. I block, I block YouTube on my son's phone. Um, just because I don't like any, any sort of search, you know, when you put in love, it's interesting when you Google love and it, it can populate a lot of things that are adult content um, with, with oh, even wow. just a search. So 
anyway, so I put um, parameters in place, which I felt comfortable with. But what, what parents don't realize is that they get a lot of peer pressure from their friends to be like, oh, why aren't you on Snapchat? Put, let's put Snapchat on your phone and let's, let's create these different groups that we can talk to each other. And um, what I reminded my kids, and I reminded actually at the end of the sixth grade ceremony last year was that while it is Snapchat and, you know, people do think that things go away, once it's out there, people can take screenshots, they can, they can save it and send it along. So it's never really ever gone on the internet. So I just remind kids about that. And so this incident was on Snapchat. There was a birthday party that I wasn't expecting my daughter to get invited to. Um, she had had a couple incidents prior to that, but it was kind of isolated, not really on social media, um, with this particular group of girls. And one of her friends was there and she just recorded like the audio portion. You couldn't see any faces, but you could definitely tell who was who. Um, my daughter had been very excited about the holidays, um, had like planned like these outfits where she was going to wear something holiday themed, Christmas themed for the three weeks that they had of school in December. And they were making fun of her. And so one of her friends yeah. had passed along. Um, and not only did they, she sent that clip to her friend, which uh, what I told her, let me back up when it, when the clip was sent mm-hmm. and I said, well, this friend of yours, I, I know that they were just, they were just trying to be a friend and say, Hey, heads up. Like this is what's happening. But I also said, what your friend said was let's, let's stop talking. This person is my friend. Let's, let's move on. I'm not comfortable with this, but I think, you know, when you're teens and teens, like they're not in that mindset yet to be like, Whoa, Hey, slow down. Like, you know, everyone wants everyone to like each other, but ultimately they're going to have to figure out to stand up for people that aren't there that are their friends. So, um, the young lady shared the video. I saw it. I love well, the audio video. Um, I saw it. I listened to it because my daughter shared it with me. Um, we have this relationship. It wasn't that I was on her phone and I was going through and I saw it. She actually came to me, which was great. Um, and when she shared to- it, how did she feel? Oh, like crap. You know, it's mm. like, and it just, it's like a gut punch as a parent. Cause you're like, Oh, like what? Like, seriously, why, what, why are girl like they're, they're at a birthday party. Like there's so many other things that they could be doing instead of sitting there and being mean girls. So we talked about it. We talked through it, you know, like I, and I, I let her know I was sorry. Um, That's the biggest thing is like acknowledging, you know, like that they are upset and that it was a crappy thing and they feel crappy and you, and you feel super sorry about it. So that's one of the the first things that um, I said to her. And then we talked through it and we said, well, you know, this is how you could respond. And, you know, cause she'd already started kind of responding on her own. And I was like, okay, well, let's take a step back. You know, like, let's, let's see what a better response would be. And ultimately these people that are saying these things aren't your friends. So don't put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, right. Say what you need to say, be direct and then move on. Like, let's, let's, let's not let the drama get the best of you. And like, let's just, you need to move on and take the higher road. So she she did. She um she called out the the couple of girls who tried to deny it. And she's like, I I I have the audio. Like stop. Um and then it yeah. ended up that those also um made comments about one of her other good friends uh, that she found out about like the day that they went back to school because that video wasn't obviously shared with her. It was just shared with a girl that um they had said something about and she stood up for her. She found out about this video. It was basically fat shaming the other girl and she was not okay with that. And she was not okay with them 
a fat shaming someone and especially not her friend. So she stuck up for her friend, called the other girl out. Um, so I was proud of her. I mean, like, you know, she handled it the way that she wanted to. She stuck up for her friend. Her friend was appreciative of it. And, you know, there was some back and forth to the girl that sent the audio and, you know, the one girl threatening to call the police because it was a, it's a, it's a crime to uh, record someone and then share it. And I was, you know, like, so then of course, like some of the girls are, are, are getting worried about that. And I was like, look, you know, this is social media nowadays. Like you, you, first of all, if you're going to say something about someone, you need to be able to say it to their face too. Like, that's the biggest thing that I've said to my kids is if you're going to talk smack about somebody, you better be prepared a, to be able to say it to their face. But if you're approached and this person says, I heard you were saying this, be honest about it. Like, that's the big thing is like, yeah. um, I mean, as you know, obviously more, more adults know that than kids. There's this thing. It's very interesting. And parents should know about this. Um, there are states and there was a case recently in Pittsburgh where this person was recording being bullying. And, and because it was recorded and then shared, there was actually a court case. I'll have to send it to you. Um, I don't remember the exact name of it, but it was in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And Pennsylvania is a shared party state where all parties that are part of a conversation have to give their consent before something is shared, um, but whether, you know, like video wow. or audio conversation. Yes. Yeah, so there are laws. I think there's about 12 states that have that in place. Virginia and D.C. are actually one party consent states. So they wow. can share um you could share a conversation if you're in Virginia or DC. I don't know about Maryland. I can't remember that state off the top of my head. Um, but there, and that's why all these political people have their conversation shared because yes, <laughs> from the other parties. So that's one thing to 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 uh, know as a parent. Like, yes, there there are you know that used to be like you couldn't record this conversation and then put it out there. Well, in Virginia and DC. And they consider the one party, like if I was having this conversation with you and I recorded it and I put it out there and didn't have your consent, I'm the part of the party. I'm the one party consent. So that's something to know about. Um, and and that was something I found out about when I was doing some research, because, you know, back in the day, it was definitely like, you know, you have to tell everyone this is pre-recorded and this information may be listened to. So um, yes. that was definitely something that um, was interesting to find out. Uh, and it, And it kind of made sense when you hear all these different recordings that are leaked. Um, so in, in our, in our area. Um, so that was just something that, you know, I was glad that she came to me. We have an open relationship. I tried to, um, I have to put my kid hat on at times instead of my parent hat to remember that, that these people, these mean girls, or, you know, there's mean guys out there too, um, that basically, they're going to be a blip in her life. But right now it's like, you know, it's a huge problem for her because everyone wants to be liked and they're all going through these hormones and they're in, they're in middle school, which were like the worst years of my life. Um, yes. <laughs> and you just want to be like, it's going to get better. It's just a year. Um, it's I love, I love that you guys definitely, um, you know, I'm sure you're, you're, tw- the, you said that there are 12 year olds, right? The, your yeah. daughter's. Okay, that I'm sure that they they've been asking for apps and phones or or, or just more um, just to be more active online. But I'm really glad that you guys as parents decided to, you know, put on some parameters, put on these um, like using the Verizon plan or even I'm sure you guys have their their usernames and passwords for for some of their social sites as well. Correct. Yes. And on. 
so, and, and here's one of the things about the phones is that since they wanted to get a phone, we said that they had to pay for their monthly phone um, uh, charge. So, you know, if she got, she wanted to get the Google Pixel phone and that was $20 a month. So she pays her $20 a month and my son got, you know, the $7 Samsung or whatever. Anyways, um, so that gives them a sense of, hey, like I have to pay for this too. And it's also something for us to take away, but on her phone, it has the fingerprint um, for the, you know, to get into the phone. And you can put up, I think up to five fingerprints on her phone for access. So we put mine on there and hers on there. So that way, and I, I try to give her the freedom. I have like my way to look behind the scenes and stuff, but I try to not hover too much. Um, so that is, you know, that's nice that I, can give her a little bit of freedom, but then at the same time, I'm still the parent and in charge. She's yeah. not allowed to put on without my approval. There have been friends that have suggested or put apps on her phone, and then she's had to take them off because it wasn't something we discussed beforehand. Um, and, you know, there's so many different, and, you know, I'm, a, I'm like an old dog learning new tricks with the social media world, like <laughs> Snapchat, and there's TikTok, and there's Instagram. And um, so there's a lot of different things that are out there. So it's just really staying on top of it. Um, one yes. thing I will say is that one of her friends, uh, which I found out because I hadn't, you know, logged onto her actual phone in like two weeks and I went to get on my fingerprint wasn't working. And so I was like, Hey, you know, my fingerprint wasn't, hasn't been working. I tried to get on your phone. She's like, Oh yeah, that's because so-and-so told me to take it off because I needed to have some privacy. And I, <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> I was like, um, so you need to put you need to tell so-and-so that I am your parent and you don't have privacy right now because you live under my roof and I, this is for your safety and protection. So um, you know, that's great that you brought that up. My daughter has, has encountered some of those scenarios where they'll tell her, you know, you don't have to tell everything to your parents or they'll say, um, you let your parents look through your phone. I would never like, what's your opinion about, about some, some parents who, who do just give, their 12-year-old, their 13-year-old full privacy on on their phone? I mean, it, you know, obviously, obviously, there's already enough judging going on in the parenting world, but I would say that to each his own, but just know that if you're not monitoring um, or, or, you know, you don't have to, I, I have parents that check their kids' stuff on a constant basis. They get some sort of notifications when things are going out and you know, every situation is different and every family is different. So I should start off by saying that. Um, I try to give my, I try to give my, um, I try to give my kids the freedom, but also, you know, checking in on them. I would say that if you're not checking in on what your kids are doing on at least a somewhat regular basis, um, you may up finding like that your kids like, yes, they need privacy and they need to to grow and learn on their own, but they're still kids. Like they don't, they don't know how to deal with some of this stuff. And the cyberbullying is real. I mean, it's, it's um, on YouTube, it's on all of these apps and this is all, they all have access to it somehow or another. I mean, you can have it on your smart TV. You can log into YouTube. Um, yes. You can log into different apps. So I, I would say, don't turn a blind eye. Um, you don't have to be a helicopter parent, but definitely being part of your kid's life and knowing what's going on is, is, is important because you don't want to you don't want it to turn into something down the road and unfortunately we've seen it where these kids are getting bullied um 
cyber or in, and at school and it, the concept that like the end result is not good. Um, you know, whether they've taken their own lives or, you know, they end up having these anxiety disorders and all these other things that, um, there's some things you're not going to be able to, to, you can't keep them in a bubble and shelter them, but you have to give them, you have to give them some sort of parameters. Um, you know, you want them to grow and learn like we did, you know, like I, but it was a different time when we were growing up. So I think it's definitely important to stay on top, not too much, but know your kid, know what works for them. Like maybe they need a really structured, um, environment. Like my, my son, he's definitely needs to be more structured and needs to have those parameters on because he, has ADHD and he will, he'll get very focused on one thing. Like he'll be like, Oh, I gotta be on TikTok, TikTok. And I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> don't uh, so, you know, and it, it's like, he's really focused. I think that, I think that there's, I think that there's parameters as a, as a parent, you know, your kid, you know, it works, what doesn't work. And especially if you're just testing the waters on the phone and the app world, like it's definitely, okay to be the helicopter parent and I think to remind the kids that you are the parent and that you're trying to do what's best for them instead of them thinking like you're not letting me live my life and be who I want to be and it's like no no I'm trying to help you um not get into a shitty situation so yeah I read one time that when you give your child a phone or tablet whatever may be it's almost the equivalent of like giving them a car in the sense that they're, they're able to do so much with it that they can discover so many things and even buy things and do things with it. And it made me think that um, the more the parent is knowledgeable of what it can do and understand it, um, the better. I, I, I will run into parents who, you know, will allow apps to be on their child's phone and then they don't know what those apps do. And then they wonder why okay. certain things are happening to their child. And... Um, it's it, I, I do feel like when it's a team effort, you described during this bullying incident that your daughter came to you and told you about what was going on and you actually helped and guided her with certain responses. Like that's that's rare. I, 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 for me, I when I was experiencing bullying situations, I never told my parents for a million reasons. Um, I felt embarrassed. I felt like they would be disappointed if I couldn't handle it on my own. Um, I also thought that they would maybe explode and embarrass me and do something wrong at school. Um, but I love how you guided her. I mean, what kind of things did you suggest to her to do during those moments? Your situation is totally relatable. Let me let me just comment on that. And I think that, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't I didn't really talk to my mom about it because I was embarrassed and you know, I didn't know, I didn't want to hurt her feelings because, you know, they were making fun of where we lived because I knew that my parents were blue collar workers and were doing the best that they could and providing. And, um, I didn't want to make my mom feel bad about it. And I didn't really know where to go to. So I just kind of bottled it up a lot. And then I've had many years of therapy to help me through it. Um, so (laughs) like my daughter definitely like most, most girls going through their hormones can be sensitive. And so I think it's just knowing you know, don't brush it off because it is a big deal to them. While, you know, while we have our parent eyes and we've had our years of experience and we know it's just going to be a small blip, I think, you know, acknowledging it and saying, I'm sorry, and acknowledging their feelings and what they're going through is, is, is not fun. It doesn't feel good, but it's not going to last forever. And kind of giving them that guidance and telling them this is what, 
we have to work with. Um, you know, with the kids, it's, it's, it's a whole new world out there. And I think definitely like staying on top of it. Um, you know, if you try to shut down, like, like, hey, well, we're going to take you off your phone. We're going to take you off your apps. Like that's not always the answer either. Um, uh, because then you're making them feel even more alienated from their friends that have all these things. And I think it's giving them the tools to know when they feel like something's, when they feel like something's not right, or they don't understand how to, or they don't know how to deal with the situation before it gets escalated is to feel comfortable coming to you. Um, and if not finding that family member that, you know, I have a, I have a best friend that's like a sister. And so my daughter, she's comfortable talking to me, but there are certain things that I know she would rather talk to her, her aunt about. So, um, so she has that. And then, you know, if, if the aunt feels like, Hey, just a heads up, this is, this is, you know, what we have. So just having that person that they feel that they can go to, um, don't judge. I mean, like they already have enough judging going on and they're judging themselves. They're going through puberty. Um, they're trying to find their way in life and middle school, I mean, all schools, but definitely middle school is like the worst time because everyone's going through it at the same time. Um, so just trying to give them confidence, making sure not to shut them down when they come to you with something, because while you may think it's not a big deal to them, it's like their world right now. So I think just staying open, listening, kind of, you know, taking clues to like, if your kid's acting a little bit off, don't like, you know, ask, like kind of do those questions that'll, that'll give you a little bit more insight to what's going on. Not just like, Hey, how was your day? Like, fine. Okay. Well, what was fine? Like what happened? Like what, what, why wasn't it great? Why wasn't it good? Like, did you, how was classes, you know, like what's going on with so-and-so, um, checking back in after they've had an incident that you're aware of, um, cyberbullying or just school or, or whatever, um, or, you know, and, and it's, and it's tough because sometimes it's in the neighborhood and you're going to see, you're going to see those parents that you really like, but they're kids that jerk and you just don't want your kid to be around them. So you have to understand like how to navigate that too, that, um, they're going to see that person and it's going to be at like neighborhood events and it's going to be, um, they're going to see that person for a while, but helping them understand how to, to deal with that person and not just avoiding them, like avoiding them when they're going to see somebody, whether it's at school or dance class or wherever it may be, Girl Scouts, what, whatever it is, or Boy Scouts, because it's not just girls, it's boys too that are dealing with stuff. Um, they just yeah. deal with it differently. It's just having that open relationship with your kid is what I definitely, that's the biggest tip that I would say is, you know, they don't have to tell you every single, single secret, but just kind of knowing when your kid's off. I think giving them a little bit of freedom to feel like they're growing up and that you trust them. Um, but then, you know, once those, once the lines are crossed in certain areas, you're just going to have to remember to put your parent hat on and not your friend hat. You're not their friend. You're their parent. That was a lot of information I just threw back at you. No, <laughs> no it's perfect. And it actually was going to be one of my last questions, but you already answered it, which is fantastic. I love the word open communication you used. I think that's the, um, that's definitely what's, 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 uh, what's helping your daughter out and what's going to help your your daughter, sorry, and it's also going to help your son as well. I think uh, this is one of the best tips that we can give as as parents, um, you, you know, to somebody who is struggling with it or communicating with their child. Um, it's just about having those open conversations, I think, can really make a difference in their life. Jen, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Um, can you please tell the audience how they can find out more about you, um, social media links, et cetera? Yeah, so um, the website is HTTPS, um, www.kidupandgo.com. 
And you can follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at kidupandgo.com. I'm just kidupandgo. Sorry, that's not .com. So at kidupandgo is my handle for Twitter, um, Instagram, and Facebook. I do more on Instagram and Facebook than I do Twitter, but you can find me on all of those platforms. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jen. Have a great day. Me, you too.